Yeah, it was kind of like a natural progression. I think a lot of it had to do with just poor eating habits growing up and getting to a point where I had a lot of issues with my skin. I had a lot of digestive issues with certain foods. So I was like, I have to take control over this or I'm going to be living a life in like discomfort. So it was kind of a natural progression. Even at 13, 14, I was outside grilling my own chicken breast, doing my meal prep. Mm-hmm. So I started very young and it was just kind of came naturally. But then I kind of got into bodybuilding because I was a swimmer and all my friends played football. So I started lifting with them before school and I was like, shit, I like this more than swimming. And I wasn't naturally strong, so I kind of like got into it for the aesthetic aspect of it. I knew I couldn't keep up with the football players doing more of like a powerlifting traditional style of training for that athletic sport. So it kind of naturally shifted into bodybuilding and the nutrition. It's all cumulative, like it's all moving pieces. We have our training, nutrition, supplementation. So I kind of capitalized on all aspects and just learned through trial and error. But I really started young. And when you started, like, did you have particular inspirations? Were you just, like, on YouTube looking at stuff? Or did you have, like, a mentor that kind of showed you around the gym and whatnot? Um, I honestly feel like I learn from people all the time. Like, I take little bits of information from countless different people. But honestly, a lot of the famous bodybuilders that were on the scene at that time, like the Jay Cutlers, the Ronnie Coleman's, the Johnny Jackson, the Branch Warren, I just took little pieces of their training, their nutrition knowledge, and translated, kind of formulated my own thing. So it's kind of like I don't really have a specific mentor, so to say. It's just gathering bits and pieces from different people and kind of formulating my own style, so to say. I swam all through high school, but then it really shifted into primarily focusing on lifting. And it was always primarily catered to like the cosmetic aspect of it, not so much the performance. I do some of the performance stuff like the powerlifting and whatnot, but a lot of it's pretty much just catered to looking good. Because most people that get into the gym, they get into the gym because they want to look better. They want to feel better, feel more confident. And that's pretty much what my style of training is catered to mostly. What do you think you enjoy about it most? I would say just seeing transformation, Mm -hmm. the ability to change for the better and like what you visually see and what you want to look like to accomplish that is just, it feels good. It goes back to the structure aspect of it. It's like you get people that reach a high level of success. They have all these things in their life set and they have their ducks in a row, so to say. But if you look at your body and you're not confident with that or you start to lose your health and you start to feel bad, you can't enjoy those other aspects of your life. So I feel like the health is just the foundation that will translate into all other aspects of life. I think it's cool that like fitness and business, like that idea you said, like the transformation. It's like when I look at Mm -hmm. stone business or any business, it's like this is my idea of what it could turn into. The fun part is that journey of the progression of like doing the work seeing what works, what doesn't, what lane you go down and like what maximizes your effort. Basically, we've gutted my training style, my nutrition to this new thing to, you know, hit this goal. Now we're in this journey. It's like, it's like gutting a house. And then it's like, what materials are we going to put in there? Like, what team are we going to put in place to execute on this? And going through that process of doing it and then seeing the end result is like super satisfying. So I think that's cool across all these different aspects of life. The concept is a lot of times the same. In my own life, fitness was the first thing I ever did that I feel like there were such noticeable results and such carryover because I remember when I started music or when I started videography, sometimes those things can be very intimidating because there's such a big mountain. Once you get into the habits of it and you aren't just going through the motions and when you're actually putting intention into that, after a while, those things that were big roadblocks are now so secondary that you can really dial it in. I feel like that's where you go from good to great. Once you tap in to your ability to go from good to great at something, it becomes far less intimidating to then try and execute on that same cycle in other areas of your life.
Well, that's the key is intent, you know. It's mm -hmm. like there's a big difference between a hard workout and a productive workout. I could mindlessly, like, walk in here and say, you know what, I want you to do 2,000 reps on the flat barbell bench press. It's like, yeah, it's hard. And then I'm going to have you superset with that, like, we'll do burpees after that. It's like, yeah, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be physically exerting. But is that going to be productive? Right. Like, is that going to change your physique and go in the direction you want? Whereas, like, when we're moving with purpose, isolating the muscles, going into the day with a specific focus, like the day we did posterior chain, we did our back, we did some biceps. It's like we did specific movements in certain orders with certain tempos, certain intensity methods, versus just coming in here and saying, like, let's just start sweating. Let's yeah. sweat, get our heart rate up. It's like, yeah, there's benefits to any type of exercise, but then again, when we have a specific goal, we want to do what's necessary in the gym each day to accomplish that. So it's all catered to the individual with what they really want. But as far as a cosmetic standpoint, like building every part of your physique, it's really the intent aspect of it is that's that's everything. That's my old training style. I mean, I would do some, like, I guess, isolated days. But in my head, I didn't have a good workout. And I'm not just, like, exerting to the fullest extent and feel like I'm sweating within, like, the first 15 minutes. That's just, like... It's just throwing shit in just for like the sake of like, oh, I'm just trying to like sweat and exert energy versus like what you're saying is like doing stuff with purpose. And it's like it may not make you sweat or like feel like you're like breathing heavy, although some of those things we do them like I feel like I just did cardio. Yeah, um, absolutely. again, it's like a different mindset coming in. And again, like that intentional aspect, I think it definitely shifts how I look at working out, lifting weights, doing you know, the routines that we're doing right now. Well, think about the focus in a workout. When you're like looking at the tempos and like really focusing on contracting a muscle, it's totally different versus just going into like move the weight from point A to point B. Right. And that's why like being with someone and being monitored as you're training, like you can't bullshit a tempo when someone's watching you. Whereas if you just come in here and try to sweat, you can just blow through reps mindlessly and it's a little bit easier to do that. So that's why training with somebody, being trained by somebody for this style, I feel like is so beneficial. Whereas when you're alone, it's easy to get in that habit. Not because someone's has lack of discipline, but like for an example, on a leg day, if you're doing a heavy set of squats, you have the natural tendency to want to speed up as you reach fatigue. Right. But if you can really tap in and keep those reps consistent throughout the entire set, that's where the real growth will happen. Well, I think that's also why people like taking classes, which is a different workout, but as a whole, it's like because other people are there and they're doing it, it's not just up to you. It does give you that little bit of push. So like it's kind of the same idea. It's like having somebody there or doing a class or something. I do like that aspect where it's like somebody there, it's just that extra accountability. Like you're saying, you're getting tired and I'm like, I might be like, dude, I'm done at 13. You hit 13, you're like three more, you know? Mm -hmm. And even if I'm not doing the best reps, like you might help me, but just that mental push through, that's where the growth is. Like those extra three reps, or those extra pushes or those extra half reps that you do. I feel like that's the push. Also the correlation between fitness and business. It's like a lot of the fitness aspect is this like, in a lot of ways, even though you're here and like we're, we're working out together, it's like it's still somewhat of a lonely journey. Like in business, there's people I relate to and there's a whole lot of fucking people I don't. You just like it really niches yourself into this lane and the ones that are really doing it and being successful in either. It's kind of like the, just the food aspect. Like I we talk about like, yeah, hey, it needs to work for your lifestyle. Like eventually it's like you can work in some of like, you know, you can have a drink at every now and again or go out to a restaurant you want. But like that first aspect and that stretch of time where it's like really just dialing it in to get like where we need to be in our new basis point. It's like you really can't be going out and fucking around. And I can't just go get like grits and eggs and bacon and maple sausage and, you know, like pancakes and business is the same thing. If you truly want to achieve a certain goal and you're willing to do the work, 
you're going to have those lonely moments and those lonely stretches of time where you're going to separate yourself from a lot of other people because that goal and what you're trying to achieve is just it's somewhat of a lonely journey. That's where a lot of people I feel like give up business or fitness, which is like, man, I did it for a few weeks. But like, fuck, man, it's just tough. It's mentally tough. It is a very difficult thing, and it's this mental battle. So I think that's the, another interesting correlation between the two. Those lonely moments, like, they exist on both. Yeah, I think you're definitely going to always have those moments of the sacrifices, like you mentioned, like the time you put in throughout the day to invest in your businesses, because it's necessary to do that to create what you're trying to create. Yeah. But you also have to think, it's like sometimes using the word sacrifices, it's like implying that you're giving something up that you wish you didn't in a way. Right. But in reality, it's like, for me, I've gotten to the point, like, eating healthy consistently like I don't, the temptation to like eat off plan and like gravitate towards other things isn't like necessarily appealing just because those long-term goals are more valuable. So if you have late nights, 10 conferences throughout the day, signing deals, like I feel like during those moments, I'd be surprised if you wish you were doing something else. Right. Like I feel like you're doing it because you enjoy it. And right. that's where it goes, goes back into fitness is it's like the best bodybuilders in the world. It's not just because of discipline or because they're like, super motivated just because they simply enjoy the process and when you enjoy something you don't feel like you're like the word sacrifice doesn't even exist i think the first threshold of it may feel like sacrifice because it's new and then eventually it's like it's not a sacrifice anymore it's like i've just replaced this with that and it's like i've chosen that like this is what i want to do mm -hmm. and that is no longer what i want to do so it doesn't seem like you're giving something up you're like i'm 100 percent content with this being the replacement and that no longer being a part of my life even with food, it's like if you're used to eating ice cream as your dessert at night and then you hop over eating healthy and it's like you can't have ice cream, it's like, oh, man, like that might feel like a sacrifice. But if you eat healthy long enough and then like let's say you, your dessert turns into call it a Quest Bar, it's like now the Quest Bar to you because you've been eating so clean, like the Quest Bar feels like that satiated sweet thing that you want. And no longer do you crave the ice cream because you've replaced all your meals with something else. You're, and that's no longer the dessert goal. It's the same thing with food. It's like you eat really clean. Like the first time somebody eats really clean, they're like, man, this tastes like shit. It's chalky. It's whatever. You start eating Halo Top and you're like, man, this tastes good. And now because I, this is part of my routine and this is my sweet treat, it's like this tastes like really good ice cream to me. And then you have actual ice cream, like, holy shit, this is like crazy sweet. It might be too sweet for you then, you know? So some of that's like that sacrifice. But then if you replace it long enough, then it's yeah. like, this is my new standard. Well, I think it's we all have long-term goals, you know, and I like to break that into short-term goals just because in order to achieve that goal, you have to reach that short-term goal. So it's like milestones. Whereas in a prep, people have a misconception like, oh, I'm 12 weeks out, 16 weeks out. Now I'm going to get dialed in. I could have someone that looks like they could do a show in two years and I tell them they're in prep because every day the decisions they make will contribute to how they look on stage that day. So it's like the misconception of prep starts at whatever time it might be, there's that arbitrary number of like 20, 16, 12 weeks out. Whereas in reality, you can always do what's necessary to improve. I think there is a huge benefit of having a goal in the foreseeable future. That's why like maybe in the off season when someone has a show, maybe they're a year out from a show, you need to focus on other things to make it more incremental. So it's like in the gym, performance markers, or maybe like even body composition. Like you wanna maintain a good body composition, slowly progress weight, that's something I could accomplish two weeks from now, you know, increase a pound, still keep the lines within my physique without putting on excessive amounts of body fat. That's something I can do now. Whereas if I'm just sitting around thinking about a destination a year from now, it's almost like by not having that sense of direction, you almost lose track. 
So you want to break it down small incremental goals. It's just the same thing with business. I'm sure you can translate it to that. You start a business, it's not all of a sudden a $100 million business. It's a progression that takes years. Right. And then by seeing something that is your goal that you want to accomplish, it's not that you're just thinking about that goal. It's doing what I can do today to make that progression to get there. Say I'm going to compete in two years. My actions today are still catered and going to contribute to me looking that way. So it's all a progression. It is challenging. There are huge benefits of having that goal in the foreseeable future, but it goes back to the enjoyment aspect of it because when you do enjoy it, you're doing what's necessary that day and not just like thinking about this show. Focus on today. Be really perfect today, and that's all we can control. It's like you bring up like siloing parts of your week or your day. It's like I kind of do that. I'm trying to build out the stone business, but there's a ton of stuff I have to do to get there, and I don't necessarily know all of it. It's like, I just know when certain things come up, I'm like, like, I just sent out an offer letter to somebody. And I'm like, this person to me, like, I, when it came across, I was like, oh, this is something that we need. And I need to silo some time to like write up this offer letter, structure this out, see how this integrates into the idea of the business and where we're going, and then just knock that out. And that's just like one of those small things you have to do. I don't know, hiring people, the HR, paperwork. There's just all this like minutia that comes up all the time. And it's like, yeah, you just got to like, these are little things you got to do that work towards the greater goal. But I'm not thinking about that when I think about the big picture. When I think about the long-term thing, it's like these are things that are on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that you think of in that short-sighted period. But when you think about the huge, huge picture, like you kind of blow past those things in your brain. You know, it's like not until they come up that you have to just like tackle these little things. And again, I think like fitness is like your nutrition or drinking your water or getting your fucking steps in and sleeping early. These are like those little things that come up. When you think about getting in shape, you're not thinking about all that. I'm probably just thinking about like, probably need to get my nutrition right. And I probably need to get on a good workout regimen that's consistent and reliable and something that I can stick to on a regular basis. As you go and grow and talk about your goals and really get into the meat of it, you're like, let's break down your macros and your fat content and when you're eating your carbs. You know, in the big picture, you don't think about all that. It's just like when you really get into it, you're like, okay, this stuff comes up and these are things I need to tackle and I need to spend some time on these in the micro as I'm going through them to like figure that out and get them in place so that I can then work on still going towards the overall goal. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's just the progression. It's like the goal to whatever it might be, gain 20 pounds, lose 20 pounds. It's a process. You're not just going to gain 20 pounds in two weeks. It's all slow progression. My primary goal is my coaching. So just mm -hmm. taking on more people. I'm working with a lot more competitors this year. Definitely like achieving a lot of pro cards. That's a good goal. And then just honestly like getting people to their physique goal. It's accomplishing what they want out of a show, out of a look. So it's really guiding them throughout that process. So it's just continuing to grow that business. I like working with all kinds of people, whether the goal is just general weight loss, whether they're dealing with health issues or want to step on stage. So I work with a large variety of clients. And something I struggle with some is it's hard to scale a business with what I do because I like building rapport with my clients and long-term connections. Whereas if I wanted to, I could take on five people this week, but long-term, is that going to be beneficial for me? Because being a coach goes way more than just structuring a nutrition plan. So I want to make sure I always scale my business to where I never compromise my services from a communication standpoint. So it's really just a slow progression. And I enjoy it that way because you see a lot of people in the fitness industry that have huge following on social media. They build extremely fast. And what built them initially is now not what they're providing to their clients. I never set out to be a coach. I was in the gym and I started giving people nutrition advice and it just kind of organically happened. I got to the point, well, shit, like I could start charging people for this because a lot of people value 
the knowledge I do have within this field and I can get people to their goals, whether it's health related or physique related. So it just kind of organically happened. I don't think there was ever a day where I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a prep coach or I'm going to be a fat loss coach. I didn't put a label on it. It just kind of happened naturally. Did you find like a knack for working with competitors? How did you kind of get into the competitive side of it? The competitor is more extreme in the sense like there is a very specific deadline. So I enjoy that because it creates a sense of urgency for that client. So if you're going to go on stage and you're going to present your physique to like the world and show yourself and, you know, board shorts or bodybuilding, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. It's more intense in regard that it's an extreme level. Like we're getting to extremely low levels of body fat, so it's not like a casual dieting phase by any means. But I enjoy the stage just because it's the progression is a little bit more extreme, so it's a little bit more fun in that regard. Yeah. There are more like intricate details with getting on stage as far as what goes into a training, nutrition, and supplementation program. So I do love that aspect of it, but like I said, I'm versatile in the sense like I do love the lifestyle clients too, just the general weight loss, whether it's, like I said, health or physique related. What would you say to people that might be listening that are trying to get a hold of their fitness or that are listening to this conversation? I think sometimes, like we were saying before, that that mountain can be really intimidating to people to start climbing up. We're the first rocks to climb on. You got to get started. You can't sit around and be discouraged by knowing it might take a year to see like a huge visual difference within your physique. So that's why getting started instilling good habits. And I think sometimes, depending on the individual, instead of doing a 180 on their lifestyle, I like to do a progression. Maybe we'll focus on fixing eating habits, and then after four or five weeks of that, then maybe transitioning into some resistance training. So I'm not gonna tell somebody that was has been sedentary, eating intuitively, mostly processed foods, they're extremely overweight. I wouldn't have that individual on a structured nutrition plan doing a specific step goal, prescribed cardio, and then on top of that, training six days per week. Because in reality, what you're gonna do is you're gonna turn that person off. So I might start with nutrition, and then I might start with something as simple as like a step count. And just with that, you'll start progressing within the right direction. I've had situations where I've had someone come to me that was extremely overweight, sedentary, just drinking a lot of like liquid sugar, like sodas. So I said, let's, let's get your Apple Watch, we're gonna do a step goal, and I'm gonna cut out liquid calories, and that's all we're gonna do the first three weeks. Just within that three weeks, there was like a significant difference in body composition, and then I built on top of that. If you do just that and you know you're like, that's enough to get it going, they'll see some results, and they're like, well, fuck, if, if I just did that and I got the results I've already gotten, it's like, what else can we add? Because to me, it's like, how do I maximize this? If they're not like self-motivated, you're like, okay, this is like a small carrot to dangle that they can do, and then after three weeks, they're going to see results. And then they get that self-motivation. Like, I could just add 10% more effort to this, you know, 15% more. And it, like, grows and grows. And then they're just, like, they, again, you say, like, slowly shifts their brain where they're, like, you know, they just become, like, now I'm super health conscious. And now I love working out. And now I want to start lifting weights because I'm seeing the results. And, like, this is, this is going towards the goal that I've now set for myself. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things people have these habits long term and they're feeling normal is like they don't realize it's feeling bad until they shift their goal like right. their day to day habits you know yeah it's like being in a toxic relationship absolutely because you don't know normal. you're in a toxic relationship until you leave that motherfucker I'm like damn man I'd fucking I should have been out of there yeah. you know those you mistakes are valuable because you look back and you can be like wow like how did I not see all these red flags with this relationship you know and then you're just like yeah. what was I doing and the same thing with nutrition it's like you just feel bloated, lethargic, crappy throughout the day. 
you know, you make some dietary adjustments, then you start to feel much more energized. Your mental clarity improves. You don't feel bloated at all. And it's like your day-to-day life just becomes much more enjoyable. So quality of life is huge. Well, I think what you were saying, though, it's about adherence. Part of what's special about fitness is you learn how to set correct goals for yourself. And a lot of it comes down to adherence. Like most people that fail are just people that just go gung-ho too fast, don't have any realistic way to actually matriculate into a new habit they burn out or they hit a wall and they're not sure how to get around it. They don't have any mentorship or coaching and they just recede back to the previous lifestyle because it's easy to do that. That's why coaching is so valuable because it's there's not one plan fits all. You know, it's all individual. If someone's going to adhere to something, I truly don't believe the people that adhere to something long term, whether it's fitness or non-fitness related, it's not because you're motivated. It's just because you simply enjoy it. And if you mm-hmm. enjoy it, you feel good, you see results, you're going to stick with it. Like people aren't going to do shit they hate. Like if I absolutely hated my training style, it's like me, like I think there's like a style of training like CrossFit. If I was doing CrossFit and I was eating foods I didn't like, like the combination of those two things, like I wouldn't be excited to go to the gym. I wouldn't be, I'd be miserable waking up to eat my breakfast. And it's like, is that sustainable? I could probably do it for 10, 12 weeks, but long-term, I'm just gonna revert right back to old habits. So that's why the communication with what I do with my clients, if someone's struggling, they don't like their training plan, they're struggling with certain foods, that's something they need to communicate with me so I can make those adjustments. Of course, there's always going to be sacrifices within the plan. It's not going to be all stuff you're absolutely thrilled to do. But then again, you could put yourself in a position to like really enjoy the process in all aspects. Only question I have is of all the fitness gurus on the internet, who do you dislike the most, have distaste in the most, think that they're shit's a sham? There's a few that I just see and I'm like, is this just a fucking is bullshit or is it legit? I don't have a problem with the gurus because I think there's a lot of people that's like, maybe it doesn't align or maybe we think it's a sham. Six pack, six pack secrets guy. Everybody hates that dude. Here's the bottom line though. Like at some level, that guy has such a big audience because he's motivating people to go move around. Like a lot of people hate on CrossFit or hate on berries. If you're someone out there that is trying to put out content and you believe in what you're saying, and your goal is to just get people up and moving. Like we said before, there's a lot of nuances to optimize training or to be effective as possible. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of people out there that just need that push to where they're gonna get up and get off their ass and move around. Well, the big thing too is like people have much more accessibility to like gaining knowledge on these topics. So like the general consumer is so much more knowledgeable so it's harder to bullshit people today. So it's like when people are all like all frazzled about liver king coming out and him being exposed about not being natural. It's like, come on guys, did you really think it was the products kind of thing? So yeah. now moving forward because him being such a prominent character in the fitness industry, him being exposed, I feel like moving forward for another guy to be like liver king marketing products claiming natural, the likelihood of that happening in the fitness space, I feel like is much less likely. Because we have so much accessibility to sources like YouTube. It's, you can learn so much that your ability to be bullshitted and like the general consumer now just can can call these people out pretty easily. I think he did a good job, though. Like He owned it and was like, listen, I'm going to take this lick on the chin. I think Brooks is right because sometimes those people are great because they get people thinking and then they go and they do their own diligence and they come across like Sam, like Sam Miller, who actually is putting out like really, really good in-depth information that's scientifically backed. That's how I used to be on bodybuilding.com forums. And you go there and then you go somewhere else and then I end up in Facebook groups and then I end up befriending people that were in those groups that were coaches. And then suddenly I'm like 
oh, I'm starting to understand this to where I started reading research papers and was able to have better discretion on my own. So I think that's part of the learning process. And you always have those characters, whether it's fitness or any other space that you might have a curiosity or interest in learning more about. Yeah, I would say like the guys like Liver King, like marketing products aren't really the ones that are the worst in the fitness industry. The people that drive me crazy are just the people that market themselves as coaches and they get these like super high volume number of clients and it's more of like cookie cutter programming. Yeah. And when you're writing a diet for somebody, like there's so much that goes into it. So it's like if your coach isn't having you fill out a questionnaire, doing a phone consultation, talking to you about your goals, getting all your information, your background, it's like, they're going to formulate this like program that's not catered to you if they don't have that information on you. So I feel like that's what's in this fitness space as far as being like phonies and exposing those people. I'd say the coaches. They're the worst of the worst because like this really fucks with someone's life. There's people in the fitness industry that take money that have no credential really beyond just them being their own lab rat that write drug protocols, write nutrition protocols. I mean, how many... Women, especially, do you know that may have worked with a coach and throw them on drug protocol? And now they've got like chronic health issues that Absolutely. really fuck their life up for a long time and their ability to have children, like just a lot of long term consequences. And they prey on people. There's a lot of predator types. I always think it's because, like, maybe there is a lot of like um, PED use where people just lose that empathy factor a little bit and are more inclined to take advantage. And maybe that's why it skews heavily in that direction in the fitness world of just like people that don't have that line that most people would from a moral standpoint but yeah fitness is pretty bad and that's frankly a lot of the reason why i got out of it because i remember being young being competitive feeling like i had a good physique but i had a lot of bad influences around me that i just had to take a step back and be like things that feel normal to me right now are not normal in these other circles of people that i hang out with yeah so. absolutely you gotta surround yourself with the right people because if you start doing things that are going to compromise your health it's like yeah, there's certain things that are going to work temporarily, but a lot of these coaches, a lot of their protocols will work, but it's like throwing a bunch of stuff on the wall and seeing what sticks. There'll be some people with success, then you have a lot of other people with poor health outcomes that don't progress. So that's the dangerous aspect of it. I would say the coaching overall is probably what can be the most dangerous aspect of it, whereas Liver King selling products, if he's selling products to people that aren't educated, the worst thing they're going to do is take the products that probably won't do what they're marketed as is doing. Whereas following a diet that's not catered to you, there could be like much more long-term health ramifications.